I hope I can steal a little summoning from you, Dave. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing and a long drive. Deep left The flags go up, churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Few burning fast on an empty. Welcome to Stats on Deck. We're coming to you after a wild week, a week and a half of sports. Um, I'm Nick Laporte, and I'm joined as always by Jake Adams. We're going to talk about some NBA stuff. Um, league is a lot different today than it was about a week ago. We've got um, we've got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George up to something in L.A. Um, the league's as wide open as it's ever been. Russell Westbrook, the consummate OKC player for his entire career, maybe on the way out. And uh, we're also gonna get into a little bit about uh, reneging on some contracts, which I'm not a fan of, but we'll tell you about that. Then we've got the MLB All Star Game today. We're gonna watch it. Uh, we're gonna give you before we do that. We're gonna give you. Uh, what what we think our lineups should be for the game, uh, some other some other stuff around baseball like uh the the Marisnik and Jonathan Lucroy thing that happened on Sunday, and finally we're gonna close up with some MLB thoughts about the MVP and what we think is gonna happen in the game tonight. Jake, my first question to you: Kawhi Leonard and Paul George go to the Clippers. Does this make them the favorite in the NBA? I don't know about the favorite, but I'll tell you something right now. Kawhi is sneaky, sneaky. Kawhi, it's kind of like a little bit of linger, little finger action. Kind of little linger, little finger. I, I, let Let's not rule out that Kawhi Leonard's favorite show is in Game of Thrones. Let's not rule out his favorite character. It's little finger. This was feeling very little finger ash. He's climbing the ladder of chaos. I mean, this is Kawhi Leonard is. Biding his time, the board man waits. He did wait, and it 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 came into a three horse race. Yeah. between staying in Toronto, right, which I think was the the sentimental pipe dream, mm-hmm. and then you had the two players. You had LeBron and the Lakers, yeah, trying with to Anthony buy Davis over with Anthony Davis, and then you also had him with the possibility of going to the Clippers. Yes. So it turns out that he was not just waiting to just draw attention to himself, seeing himself trend on Twitter every day. Right. It turns out that he was trying to work up the master plan here. Yes. Because you can't just go to the Clippers by yourself. No. he If he goes to the Clippers by himself, I think it's a slightly weaker roster than Toronto in a harder conference. Second round is probably the highest you're going to go, no matter how good Kawhi is. But Kawhi was like, no, I'm going to go there. And I'm going to get Paul George from Oklahoma City on purpose because I want him. And I got to have him. And I know he, uh, he we, you know, we, we don't know if this is true or not about who, how many players Kawhi talked to. But um, at least I, from Bill Simmons' podcast, he was talking about Kawhi first wanted to, wanted to get Kevin Durant to come to the Clippers. Then Jimmy Butler, and then he settled on making Paul George force his way out. I have a comment about that. Yeah. Why do you go to Jimmy Butler before you go to Paul? Uh, well, Paul George is better at every single thing in basketball. There's not a single thing Jimmy Butler does better except maybe fight with his teammates. I guess my... I guess... <laughs> and yell at general managers yeah. and coaches during practice. But I guess my, my only question would be... Uh, well, my only thought on that would be he went to Jimmy because Jimmy was also a free agent... Before right. Paul, because Paul seemed untouchable. Right. Like, well, if he gets him, because they had the two max slots, I I believe if they renounced down, uh, no, I think they had Gallinari. I think they they were they had the avenue to sign both contracts without giving up any assets. 
So Kawhi and Jimmy would have been easier. But there's no question Paul George is better. Now, they lost Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, three unprotected first-round picks, one more protected first-round pick, and two pick swaps. You heard that right. It's um, pretty much, by and large, the biggest trade haul for a superstar ever. So we, we just a couple weeks ago on this podcast were talking and freaking out about how much the Lakers gave up to get AD. Right. Anthony Davis commanded a high price. So that's now looking minuscule. Oh, that's not much at all. To what the Clippers just gave right. up. I mean, you're talking multiple first-round picks, yeah. two good players. Gallinari went healthy. Oh, and they, right? can, they can flip Gallinari, too, is the thing, and no get question. another pick. And then you're you're talking about pick swaps, which we particularly right. enjoy, and a million first round picks for Paul George, who, by the way, yeah. as as previously mentioned on the Bill Simmons podcast, has a steel rod in his leg and just had yeah. surgery on both of his he's shoulders. He's not been the healthiest guy. Well, and, and did not his fault. And last year, for the most part, I mean, he held up yeah. just about as well as you could under he, circumstances. He, he had the the shoulder thing at the end of the season, but. Um, him and Kawhi, they've had their injury problems over their careers. There's no, there's no reason to think, it, at least for the next, I mean, going into their contracts, but even starting next year, that they're going to be able to play, you know, over 65 games well, in the right, year. Right, that's one thing I do like, because the, you can load manage your way around letting both of those guys rest, and... You know, maybe Kawhi plays in the neighborhood of 60 to 65 games, and Paul George takes off. I mean, I think you'd want Paul George to play more just because Kawhi's got the built-in load management. Uh, Paul George is capable of playing a full season. But you can do it because you have players on the team. You've got Patrick Beverly re-signed. You have the best sixth man of the of the year ever in Lou Williams. You've got Montrez Harrell. Um, you've got Landry Shamit, a steal from Philadelphia, who could be a good player. I really like the team they have in general and then you, you put Kawhi and Paul George on there. I think automatically, if you're not the favorite in the West, you're close to it. Oh, it, I mean, this this Paul George thing has, has immediately made them immediate contenders with the Lakers right. to, to buy as the best possible team in the West. Right. And, I mean, we're forgetting about the Jazz because they haven't made any initial moves. But, I mean, the Jazz should be a sneaky yeah. pick to be at least a top three team in the 100%. West. 100%. They'll be a home court advantage team. If yep. they don't, that will shock us. Um, Mike Conley, underrated pickup. Really like Mike Conley. He's been, should be, should have been an all-star for a few years there, and he's still good. Donovan Mitchell coming into year number three. Rudy Gobert, the best defensive big man in the league. Um, they added Bogdanovich, one of my personal favorite players. There's 20 points tonight, easy. And he's going to knock down the three, which is going to open up the floor and allow you to play Gobert more. Yep. Um, yeah, I really, I really like the team they have in Utah. I won't count them out as being a top team in the West. No, I, I don't think you can. Going, going real quick back to the, uh, the Paul George thing. Yeah. So, if I've got this right. Yes. Last year, Paul George, during the offseason, regardless of tampering, um, conspiracy theories, whatever, yeah. doesn't end up going to the Lakers in a surprising twist of it all. Yeah. Decides to stay with Russell Westbrook and sign a four-year deal. Right. They have a party about it. They yeah. celebrate the whole thing. <laughs> he filmed it all. He filmed the entire thing. You can find it on YouTube. The documentary. I think it's My Journey. <laughs> Something like that. More like My, my Journey to Collude. <laughs> yeah, my, my 
journey. Well, no, I think I think the I think it should have been renamed something along the lines of my journey of like honeymoon phase. Yeah, to, this is a mistake. My journey of liking <laughs> Westbrook for one season plus a week, and now and so I cannot imagine the the conversation. the The GM is Sam Presti, right? Yeah, Sam Presti. Between Sam Presti. And Paul George, after Kawhi Leonard calls him on the mm-hmm. phone and says, I want you to come play with me in the Clippers. I'll go if you come. Yeah. Can you imagine after just... They gave you an Oklahoma City after you pronounced your, your goodwill and your faith to that yeah. city. And they give you a day in your name. Yeah. And Paul literally George Paul Day. George Day, which by the way, just passed a couple yeah. days ago. I don't think we're having one next year. <laughs> no, I don't think we're having one either. The, I mean, I could not imagine having to look him in the eyes and being like, so Sam... Yeah. Kawhi wants me to play in L.A. And I'm from there. Well, yeah. And uh, I know I just signed this deal. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, we're happy to have you here for another three seasons. It turns out that... Um, it turns out that I, 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 I'm not going to stay here much longer. I got I to gotta go. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense. You've got years <laughs> left on your contract. No, I know. You gave me a max deal. It was great. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate... We love you here. The whole... Year I've we, been we here. We can't wait to go out in the first round for another two years with you. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just gone. I I actually do like the idea of Sam Presti kind of hoping that this would happen, like pushing Paul George into this idea because the the last thing the Thunder want to do is go out in the first round another couple years. They want to rebuild and they have more assets now to rebuild than anybody, and they can get more. Russell Westbrook could fetch something unless you have to take on, uh, unless no one wants to take on the contract. You still get a first round pick out of that. I think you can get a first rounder out of Gallinari if you're if you're patient with him. And I think you could potentially get a first rounder out of Stephen Adams if you want to. I mean, we're talking about like two picks a year for the next five years in the first round for the Thunder. And if they're rebuilding, theirs are going to be good anyway. I mean, this could be. They could rebuild quicker than even Philadelphia was able to do. And and even crazier, I mean, you have a guy who's been in charge of Oklahoma City that drafted the likes of Kevin Durant, James Harden, yep. Russell Westbrook, yeah, and, and the list. Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams. I mean, um, yeah, he he's been good in, I mean, in the back of the first doing. round too. So it, even if those those Clippers picks are in the back of the first round, if you're adding a a late first rounder and an early first rounder every year. And especially if the Clippers, something goes wrong one of those years and you pick swap with them, you could be talking about having, you know, the, the number two and the number six pick in a draft, which is good. Then if you want to, you can parlay that later into having even better assets. And it's the list just goes on and on. I mean, it's 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 insane. I mean, what Sam Presti did, I mean, he basically held the Clippers over the barrel. Yeah. Which is where you would think that you know, with the Clippers and having Paul George go there, that he would have them in a bind. Right. Sam Presti turned, I mean, turned, I mean, quote-unquote, I mean, really just dog crap. Yeah. Right? A horrible situation into the best possible outcome. I mean, right. he got a, a massive, massive haul for a guy that's not going to be playing over well, yeah, 70 games. And he didn't want to play there anyway. Usually you see the price go down a little bit when a guy is, is upset. Like, you look at Kawhi, Going to the the Raptors last year, yes, he was only uh, under contract for one more season. All he got was Demar Derozan and Jacob Purtle, who is a nothing player. I mean, it's... I mean, we're talking about one of the best trade halls of all time. Um, and 
I think Sam Presti might still have his best move to make, and that's what I'm going to talk about there is Russell Westbrook. Because Westbrook, apparently, according to Woj, so we know it's probably true, mm-hmm. he is open to the idea of being traded now. The, uh, this, is, this is now the next wrinkle in the fold is what, what to do with Russell because now that you've bought into all of these picks and basically rebuilding, you don't need to be paying $40 million a yeah. year. For four years. For four more years. That's, that's a bad contract, and you don't want to pay it anymore. So from there, there are a couple different options, um, some more enticing than others. Uh, one of my favorite ideas is we've been seeing around the league, and we'll get into the, this a little yeah. bit after, is the idea that we have so much parity in the league now, and basically two superstars playing mm-hmm. in almost every contending city right now. Well, let's just go through and look at them. So the Lakers, LeBron and AD. Yep. The Clippers now have Paul George and Kawhi. Right. Utah, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Um, you look at Houston. They've got Chris Paul, James Harden. Yep. Um, think you know it's unfortunate Russell Westbrook and Paul George isn't isn't in this discussion anymore. But a week ago it was true for them. Um, you look at other teams in the East. You've got Giannis and Chris Middleton. Yep. The Nets have now will eventually yeah. after next year have KD and, and Kyrie. I guess barring you could Kyrie say doesn't blow it up. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. That would be the next one. I, I will refuse to ever call Tobias Harris an All Star because he's just not one. Right. <laughs> and then um, you look at Indiana, kind of not really having the two superstars, but they do have. Um, they do have Victor Oladipo. They're probably one guy away. Even Boston, you look at um, Kemba Walker and then the, either Gordon Hayward or one of the young Jays. Yep, you have Jalen Brown and, and or um, Jason, Tatum. Jason Tatum. Right. And then, so, but the idea, and this this is the one that's just been circulating around a little bit that's kind of most fun yeah. to me, would be the prospect of the idea that... Um, you'd have Russell go play with Jimmy Butler yes. in Miami. Now, let me just say, I don't think that this would work. No. I, all I'm saying is it would it would be cause for a ton of entertainment. You yeah. basically have two alpha dogs yeah. um, in a city in Miami who basically need the ball and are relentless yeah. in how they play the game, and they don't apologize for anything on or off the court. I almost like the, the personality fit in the idea of two wrongs make a right. Oh, because yeah. Jimmy Butler... One of the problems he had in Minnesota and in Philadelphia was that he felt the other superstars on his team, or I guess they weren't superstars, but the other stars on his team didn't work hard enough the way he feels he does. Now, Russell Westbrook, he works hard. He probably works harder than Jimmy Butler. So I think they could get along in that respect, but... I mean, that's a that's a recipe for a disaster between those two. It could either work so great in the fact that you'd have two very intense guys basically mm-hmm. will their team to like a to like a six seed right. in the playoffs and just basically go balls to the wall I every could, single night. I would night. even go further than that. I think they could be a top four team if things work right. That I mean, that right there. I mean, I think that could definitely be the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You have two guys, two two perennial all stars that play both ends of the floor. I mean, definitely Jimmy more so than Russ. But right. I've seen it in person. There is nobody on any given night, regardless yeah. of who they're playing. I've never seen somebody play with the intensity and the ferocity yeah. that Russell Westbrook plays with. And regardless of if that's good or not for the entire team. The way he plays the game, it's infectious. It makes you want to play hard with yeah. him. And in a team with Miami, with Eric Spolstra, who's a yeah. good coach, and a Pat Riley, a competent GM that yeah. can move players around to fit the scheme that they have, that could be a match made in heaven. I, I agree. I think Miami is probably my favorite landing spot. I don't want to 
want to talk about this too much because you're going to have a post coming up about this. So we'll we'll give you that taste of it. Um, there, I mean, there's Miami's a great fit. Houston's looking at him. Um, Detroit, if you want to hang on to Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are always in the mix, unfortunately, because they're one of the stupidest teams. And they love taking bad contracts. Yes, they do. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to spoil that too much. Keep an eye out over the next couple of days. That'll be up um, on statsondeck.com. One one more thing I want to talk about about the NBA before we um, before we break and talk about baseball is a, a lot of these. I guess not a lot. A few of these free agents who have signed contracts in the last week are backing out of their deals. I don't like that. I don't like it either. And. Um, the, this, this started with, so the Thunder, Paul George gets traded, they shift their organizational commitment instead of trying to go, you know, make a run, they're going to rebuild. And so they give the, the two guys they signed, Alec Burks and Mike Muscala, they give them the, the chance, they say, hey, listen, we know you signed up to be part of a contender, we're not contending anymore you can back out of the deal if you want. And Alec Burks chose to back out and go to the Warriors. I don't fault him for that. Muscala decided to stay. I don't know why, but he did. Um, but but the one that gets me is the the reports today. Marcus Morris with the Spurs wants out of his two-year, $20 million deal. And I, I don't understand why he thinks that this is okay. Well, money, Nick. It, it, is that really it, all it is? Well, it, it's a money thing. So... The I, I mean, if you're going to go from the Spurs, a team that makes the playoffs come hell or high water, they could be playing with minor league baseball players on they a basketball court. They will be a playoff team. And they will make the playoffs. Um, it, it simply comes down to money. Yeah. The Knicks well, have a ton of cap space right. still. And, and they're they're getting rid of Reggie Bullock. They're, he's not going to sign with the Knicks anymore. Right. So they have even more space than we thought. And from that, it, it, it really comes down to the dollar value. He signing with the Spurs. Honestly, I thought it was a good spot signing. You've got I a guy that plays both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. Good, good four. Can, you can play him next to Lamarcus Aldridge. Right. He can stretch the floor a little bit for you. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna get a quality player on the defensive end. But I mean, from looking at around the league, once once some chips fell for the Knicks, I'm sure he got presented with a better with a higher number because of right. the cap space that they have available, and that was the deciding factor. I, I like Marcus Morris at ten million a year. I think that's. Fair market value, I think if it's in the fifteen to twenty a year range, it's just the Knicks making a stupid mistake. It's too much money at that point. But the problem is they don't have anywhere else to spend it. That's true. They they're just building a team of power forwards. Right. So it's going to be an entire <laughs> team of fours at starting at starting at power forward again. Yeah. Well, you know what they say when when everybody else is zigging, you, you want to zag. As LeBron famously said, <laughs> "Don't fit out." Fit into the power yeah. forward position. <laughs> Le- LeBron decided that the league is power forwards now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's a stretch four, and everybody spaces the floor and doesn't rebound, regardless of being six eight. Right, and you don't if, rebound. If you're a guard, go to the G League, please. Get out, Mike Conley. Don't play. Who are you, Steph Curry? You're not even a real player. Pick a different sport. <laughs> go play soccer. Go play golf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go go ahead and play golf, Steph. By the way, um, everybody, just go play golf. <laughs> so I I do like. Um, I do like that the Thunder made that decision to kind of build some goodwill with the players and be like, you know, we're willing to keep you if you want to stay here. But obviously this was a uh, this was the nuclear option in a lot of ways. And from that, they're not going to say to Alec Burks, oh, you wanted to play on a winning team. Now you're playing on a 25 win team. Um, 
But yeah, the the Thunder have changed the most, I think, in the league besides the Clippers in the last week and a half. They've gone from a potential, you know, four seed contending to get into the second round or further to now potentially getting rid of every good player they have and completely rebuilding. They also traded Jeremy Grant the other day, I believe, to the Nuggets. That's a good pickup. Uh, that is a good pickup. The Nuggets like keep, doing, a lot. keep doing good things. Why wouldn't Tim Conley come to D.C.? Because he's a smart guy. Because he's, he's an intelligent man. <laughs> because he keeps man. making intelligent decisions. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the parity of the league right now is as good as it's been in so many years. And we do have Kawhi to thank for that. Absolutely. No. Kawhi, can I... Can I go as far to say as Kawhi's fixed the NBA? Kawhi fixed the NBA. I mean, he 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 did a he 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 became a hero and and took down and pretty much dismantled the Warriors dynasty. Not his first dynasty that he killed. <laughs> by the way, he, this isn't the first time he's done this. By the way, he's like, this is my first time around the block on these <laughs> damn super teams. He, he sees a team of like Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like all in their primes, like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and he goes, "Oh yeah, so it's Kawhi." Landry Shaman, yep. <laughs> like, like you know, just like Patrick Beverly, and he's like, yeah, we're probably gonna win by fifteen. I can do it. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I've done it before. I'll he just could, figure it out. Kawhi and the current Knicks roster could beat the '96 <laughs> Dream Team. Was it '96 or '92? It, it was. Oh God, we're not. We're gonna '92. '92. The '92 Dream Team. He could beat them probably because he's Kawhi. He kills he's, the dynasty. So one of the burning questions I gotta ask you before we go into the MLB All Star Game is, yes. I'm gonna write the post about this, but would you take a trade where you send Chris Paul to the Thunder, right, and then you have Russell go play with with James Harden? Yes, I would, because Chris Paul's one year less, and I still think I could get off his contract at the end of this season, possibly. Here's my question. We know Daryl Morey is all about stars. He thinks if you get star players together, it'll work itself out. Do you think he he's considering getting rid of Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook? Or do you think he's going to try to find a way to get Russell Westbrook with Chris Paul and James Harden? I don't... See, my only thing is you have Sam Presti who basically holds all of the chips right now. Because even though we would probably like him to be traded, because, you know, we're, we're in this off-season mo- mode of more and more breaking news, yeah. more guys moving around, we, we eat that stuff up. But, I mean, it, there should be an idea that he doesn't even get traded until the All-Star break. True. I mean, he doesn't have to go anywhere right That's now. I mean, true. the Thunder aren't going to be winning any games this year. That's true, and he could build a little bit of that value up again by averaging a meaningless triple-double. Right, which, which <laughs> Sam Presti's been known to let him do. Yeah, Sam Presti appreciates that. So, I guess my thing is, I, yes, I think you could have all three of them play together I would say if it's Chris Paul, not straight up, but if Chris Paul has to go to the Thunder for Russell, I think you don't do it because I don't know how much better Russell Westbrook's game would complement James Harden. I think, honestly, it would take away a little right. bit. Um, I, but having said that, if you could find a way to get all three, mm-hmm. and then you could also minimize Russell Westbrook's touches and not have to have him shoot from three, right? you could have him basically just be a, a pick-and-roll, go-to-the-rim mm-hmm. guy and let Chris Paul and James Harden shoot the threes. That could be a match made in heaven, and that would make them a serious threat. Well, I do like the idea of, um, so if you're if you're the the Thunder, you trade Russell Westbrook for something like Clint Capella and Eric Gordon, and maybe a pick here or there. Um, you can flip both of those guys later on. 
Because Eric Gordon's an expiring. Mm-hmm. There is a contender that will want him at the All-Star. Oh, no league. question. No, and and there's more assets for you right there. The Clippers? The Clippers will want the him. The Lakers will absolutely want him. I mean... Uh, it, you even look in the East. I, I don't think Philly could manage it with all the money they spent. But even even Milwaukee could potentially look at him. I, I mean, definitely Eric Gordon, he is a good player. And oh, he, yeah. play, he can play in any playoff rotation. Clint Capella, on the other hand, yes, he couldn't play well against the Warriors... So what? The Warriors don't exist anymore in that fashion. Clint Capella can still play, and he was pretty good when he, before he ran into the Warriors. If he has a point guard that has the ability to get to get him going on the pick and roll, he can right. play anywhere. I mean, I think I don't even know where the best spot landing spot would be for him, but Clint Capella is another asset. And I think the Thunder, that's what they want right now. They want as many assets as possible, turn them into draft picks, and speed up your rebuild by having a million first-round picks. On the smaller scale, it's what Philadelphia and Boston did. And even though they have, neither has won a championship yet, it does work. If you have that many first-round picks, you will make it work unless you have the worst GM in history. Thank God the Wizards already fired him. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so that's what, that's what uh, we're looking at with the NBA. I think we're all really excited. We'll talk about the NBA more as the summer wears on. And we get closer to October when it tips off. Uh, Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the MLB All-Star game, why Sonny Gray's not an (laughs) All-Star, and why Gary Sanchez still can't catch. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. And we're up. Before we get into the MLB All Star game tonight, uh, one thing we wanted to bring up, uh, because we don't really see it all too often because of the catching rules, the right. Buster Posey rule. Right. That's been in. That's Which been, has been effective for ha- the most part. And it I actually hasn't had as much of a negative effect on the game as I thought it might. Right. But um, just this last game before the break, um, the Astros were playing the Angels, and uh, there was a play at the plate. Uh, where uh, Jake Marisnik was coming into home plate, and from the throw from right field, where it took Jonathan Lucroy, there was a, there was a really nasty collision. Yes, uh, up the line right in front of home plate. Uh, Marisnik was okay after being down for a minute, but Jonathan Lucroy had to be uh, carted off the field. He had a concussion and a fractured nose, which, for all intents and purposes, of how the hit took him and. What how bad it could have been, right? Um, is probably a good thing. I mean, he does have a concussion, a broken nose, but I think it could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, this isn't going to be a season-ending thing. No, I think when we th- when we think about what could have happened, it could have been worse. So I'm I'm, I guess I'm glad that it's not worse. But for Jonathan Lucroy, I mean, that's a that's a tough shake. Oh, there's in the last game of of the first half. There's no question, and so there there was a little bit of debate, you know. Constant replay angles, you know, who's at fault because somebody always has to be at fault. Well, not always. Not always. Sometimes bad things just happen. Sometimes there are just accidents and sometimes people just end up at the wrong spot. So basically what happened was there was a throw from right field. Right. Came down the line. Jonathan Lucroy is doing his job as a catcher. He's getting in the line. He's getting in position. He's blocking the plate a little bit, which which now for the rules and what it is, you're not supposed to block the plate, but this is baseball. Mm -hmm. You're trying to prevent the run from scoring. The throw took him up a lot, up the line a little it bit. It did, yeah. And Jake Marisnik is coming in, and I mean, it, it. the ball couldn't be coming in at a worse time for both of them. 
But if you watch the replay from behind Lucroy, you can see that Jake Marisnik is going down the line. He sees yeah. Lucroy blocking his path to the plate, so he makes a pivot to the left to the left inside part of the line to try to get around Lucroy and slide and right. touch head first with his right hand. Absolutely. But what happens is the ball takes Lucroy up the line. Right. And right as the ball is coming, he he turns to tag him mm-hmm. and they collide into each other. Uh, Lucroy had absolutely no idea that there a collision was coming. His eyes are completely on right field waiting for the throw. Marisnik does try to get out of the way. That's the key for me. Yeah. He makes that last pivot at the end where he is he, he's trying to score more than anything. And you know what? If for 100 50 years it's been a part of the game collisions of the plate no the buster posey rule has solved that a little bit but at the end of the day marisnik wants to score and if he has to go through lucroy it's going to happen having said that he didn't do it on purpose no. and and that's the key for me no he makes the pivot on the inside and like we said bracing to go get the ball if you watch the replay Marisnik looks like he's about to take a head first side he doesn't look like he's bracing like a linebacker to level jonathan lucroy with right. his shoulder there's none of that. He is literally looking to move around him and touch the outside of the plate. And like we said, it was just it was just the worst timing yeah. of where the two guys were. Now, a lot of people debated this, you know, who's at fault? Should Lucro be blocking the plate? Wasn't Marisnik trying to, you know, just Should Marisnik be suspended for this? Which is just outrageous. Ludicrous. But here's what we don't need. Yeah. We don't need players taking to social media who, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, are completely biased. And I'm talking about Yadier Molina, yes. who on Instagram uh, posted a picture of the collision and cursed out Jake Marizic for doing his job. For doing what he's supposed to do. And in a position of, of not trying to hurt anybody and trying to score a run. Why can't accidents just be accidents? Like, why can't it just be yeah. bad timing? And I don't want to, you know, get too philosophical here, but we do live in the outrage culture. And when something happens, we're going to pick a side, naturally. We don't have to in this case. No. We, we can just accept that an accident happened. Marisnik was apologetic. Lucroy doesn't blame him. And the thing, the end result is that it's not as bad as we feared. No. So let's just hope Lucroy heals up and... You know, maybe let's blame the right fielder. Make a better throw. Make make a better throw. Maybe. You hurt your own player. I mean, was that George Springer? I mean, quarterbacks no, no, are no, responsible. The Angels, my mistake. Quarterbacks are responsible for not leading their wide receivers yeah. over the middle of the field. If you want your guy to get hurt, maybe throw him. You know, you can throw that one away. You're the Astros. You're like 15 games up in the division. Right. Exactly. So no, the, I, I keep it's the Angels though. But the. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the, but, I mean, the point is, is that nobody needs to be at fault. Nobody no. Just because something bad happens, nobody has to be blamed. Right. Now, if it was blatant obvious that Jake Marizic was, was trying to do his best Ray Lewis impression. Yeah, knock him out. And just knock him out, then mission accomplished. But that's not what happened. No. So, we just wanted to bring that up. You don't see collisions at the plate too often. Not, re- not recently in these last five plus years. And although they can be exciting if nobody's getting hurt, yeah. this is another... This is another example of how disastrous this can be and how mm-hmm. dangerous. I mean, it's scary. Well, oh, the thing, they're not wearing football pads. No. Uh, even a shoulder-to-shoulder hit, that's going to hurt. Like, well, it ended, it, it ended Zach Grinke's career when, when uh, I think it was Jose Guillen charged mm-hmm. the mound on him and broke his collarbone on a shoulder-to-shoulder bump. Yep. I mean, that's the type of stuff that, that can happen. So, like we said, nobody needs to be at fall here. It's an unfortunate thing. I think we hope Jonathan Lucroy heals yeah. up and has has a good second half, but... Yeah, it's just one of those things to talk about because, I mean, like we said, we don't see those plays too often. Sure. And, you know, 
there was there was debate of you know who did what. Yeah, I, I think if you watch the video with an open mind, you can kind of tell it's just an unfortunate accident, and there's really nothing to be angry about. Just hopefully, Lucroy figures it out, gets healthy, and starts playing well again. Absolutely. Um, so as Nick says, we're going to keep an eye on that. Yeah, we're going to keep an eye on that. And then, uh, so now we're going to get into the all T-shirts now available. <laughs> Stats on deck. They're not available yet, Nick. Okay, they're not available. We'll make them available. So Wait, he was available. He, hey, it's got nothing to do with philosophical, Nick. <laughs> okay? It's got nothing to do with philosophical. Why, why would you ask that? <laughs> why would you ask why I left Zach Britton in in a wild card game? We're talking about, we're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about win or go home. Yeah. Buck thought it was a five-game series. I think he thought it was like a nine-game series. That's going to have to be a podcast entirely yeah. on its own. Um, that will be coming up at some point. The We're, the MLB rewind of game, the wild card game in 2016? 16. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have that come for you eventually. But right now let's talk about the, the pressing matter of the MLB All-Star game. It's one of the most exciting things going on in the summer. Yeah, we get to, that's we get pretty to much all we got. It's pretty much all we got right <laughs> yeah. now. The NBA's off. I, I was watching tennis this morning. So. And nobody needs to be doing no, that. No, we, we want to watch baseball. So tonight, we've got the MLB All-Star game. Uh, it's in Cleveland this year, mm-hmm. which I'll be honest with you, I was not super excited about because it's Cleveland. Not, not, not to be a, mean. There's not a great buzz about it this year. There, there isn't, but I will say the Home Run Derby last night yes. was exciting. And oh, that's yeah. not usual for that, the Home Run Derby. Well, they have Vladdy to thank for that because <laughs> uh, he turned the Home Run. It's, like, it's almost like when a guy comes through, a young guy, into the dunk contest in the NBA and kind of revitalizes it, is it, revitalizes it that year. Because he's he was so special that night. Right. That's exactly what Vladdy did last night. No, that's what it was. It was almost one of those instances, and I, I like when um, commentators kind of use this phrase: is he's too young and he doesn't have the experience to know that this is like this is huge. Like, yeah. This is a coming out party. Yeah. Like he's too young to be scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he, he he's just Vlad. He has no comprehension of how of of this coming out party of what it was last night, and he just went up there and he just hit dangers. Yeah. Somebody told him they're like, okay, you just hit as many as you can. He's like, that's it. He's like, I I do that in batting practice. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I do this for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He did. He he was uh, – I saw a good tweet, and I'm going to repeat it. I, I'm, I'm not giving credit because I don't know who said it. But um, uh, Pete Alonzo won the home run derby. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the night. That's, that and that's, was that's what it was. I think it was Pete Abram. For, I think it was Boston actually. Club. I, I saw that tweet, and I was like, that perfectly – now, keep in mind, I was, I, I was I had a couple of drinks last night. So, you know, I was, was I was looking for a good time. Well, but, uh, but yeah. spice up the derby uh, somehow. <laughs> Really, but yeah. Um, so shout out to Pete Abrams. Uh, you're good at your job. That's and, definitely. And you true. had a good tweet, and we're gonna we're gonna give you some love there. Um, let's get into some All Star Game nonsense. So what's the matchup tonight? Um, tonight I believe it's the National League versus the National. Wait. The, the American League is playing. Okay. And they're hosting. I think. Who they got going tonight? Um, Justin Verlander. I think it's Justin Verlander. JV. I think you, you know stole my wife. He's in he gotta be in his forties by now. Well he's taking steroids, Nick. <laughs> uh well I didn't say that. We'll bleep that <laughs> out. <laughs> um Justin Verlander was actually in the news. Um J- J V uh 
came out and actually mm-hmm. confronted man- the uh, commissioner of baseball, Mr. Yes. Rob Manfred, saying that he believes and has circumstantial proof because Justin Verlander is now a scientist. And he's, and a, and a, he's a scientist. He's a scientist. Dr. Verlander said that the balls are juice. They're juice. Now, if no, you, that's right. Now, if you've been it's fo- just true. If you've been following the stats on Deck Podcast or, or us on Twitter, you'd know that we've been saying this for a long the balls time. balls are juiced and we knew it and we all knew it. When Max Scherzer's given up home runs, which, by the way, yeah. doesn't happen, well, the balls are actually, juiced. Actually, I want to say this makes Max Scherzer's season this much more incredible. He's at five and a half wins above replacement at the break. In the juice ball year. Say it again for the people in the back. He's having his best season in the juice ball year. Uh, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if he's just not human. It's probably the second one. It's the Um, But yeah, uh, Justin Verlander and and MLB, I don't even know why they even address it. Because if you're not going to say that you did it, which you did, then just don't answer it. Because you just look like an idiot saying they're not juice. Right, just don't say anything. So... The, the balls are juiced. Justin Verlander, he's stepping up on the mound. Can I make an argument that Justin Verlander is just making excuses for the fact that he's giving up home runs? He's giving up home runs at a rate we haven't seen from him in many years. So Justin Verlander getting a little sensitive, calling out the commissioner. You don't love to see that. Yeah. No, you don't love to but see But they that. are juiced. But they are. So let's just tell the truth. Back to the pressing hand. We've got Justin Verlander starting against Henjun uh, Ryu. Am I, Ryu. Am yeah. I saying it right? Okay. Ryu. He's in place for Max Scherzer. And and, and I, I will say, Max Scherzer, who's taken the game off to deal with uh, some some injury stuff, Ryu has been the second best pitcher in the no National question. League, so I have no, no qualms about it. He's got a sub-2 ERA. Right. He, has, he is having the season of his life, and if Scherzer wasn't on another planet, Ryu would be the favorite to win the Cy Young. There's no question. So we've got that pitching matchup tonight. Yeah. Um, so Nick and I... Wanted in preparation. We've got we've got a couple sites pulled up. We wanted to on the pod make our American League and National League lineups. So yes. a couple parameters for this. We are not abstaining to the rules of the fan vote deciding the starters. No. We're just going off the rosters, which is by the way how we should do it. If, if you've been following us, you know we hate the fan vote. It's so stupid. At any moment, we're gonna ignore it. So if we have the power to ignore it, we're going to, and we're gonna do it right now. So Nick. We're gonna start with your National League. I think we'll go infields, sure, and then we'll we'll flip flop, and then we'll continue from there, and then we can do a little batting order. I like it. Let's do it. All right. So Nick, who do you got uh, rolling at first well, base this year? First, I just want to get this one out of the way. Oh sure. The catcher for me, um, and I can't go with Wilson Contreras because I just I don't agree that he's that good of a player. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani. I said Yasmani on purpose. Yasmani! Uh, so get him out of the way. More than deserving. Um, for for first base, I did pick Josh Bell when we did the All-Star Picks pod about a, a month ago. I have since come around to Freddie Freeman. And, I, I think it's the right choice. And I like Freddie Freeman. He's having one of his best seasons. He's, his team's in first place. I, I believe second, rec, second best record in the National League. Mm-hmm. And that's due to him and Acuna. Or Acuna, I should say. I always say Acuna, but I think it's Acuna. Um, anyway, Freddie Freeman's my first baseman, and he actually is a first baseman, so I like that. Um, Ketel Marte, I'm going with him at oh, second. Him. He started to distance himself from Mike Moustakis. When mm-hmm. we did the pod, Moustakis had the edge for me. I've come around to Marte. Um, at short, and I'm not, I'm not happy about doing this. Because despite the... I don't... Okay, I'll just say, I don't like Javi Baez as a player. I like him as a person for the most part. 
But as a player, the the you know the sixty five percent strikeout rate kind of scares me away. But I'm leaving him off. I like even though I like him, I'm leaving him off for Paul DeYoung. He's been, if not the best, certainly arguably the best shortstop in the National League. No question. And then third base, um, it's been it's Arenado or Rendon. You pick your poison. Uh, Rendon's sitting out the game. I'm still picking him. I Rendon's my guy. I'm not faulting. Uh, I'm, are, are we sure Rendon is actually a player though? He's no. not just a concept. No, he's more of a he's more of a an idea. Yeah, he, like he's he's is he is he a corporeal being? No. What is an an Anthony Rendon? There, it's this mythical guy who is one of the best five players in the league every year, but you never have seen him. I don't know if anybody. Quick side note: If anybody's seen the movie Annihilation, if yeah. you have. If you have not, it's awesome. Oscar Isaac, Natalie Portman. It, I mean, it's a trip. And I, I really mean it's a trip. But Nick and I were watching it. Were yes. we a couple drinks in? Maybe. That's oh, not that is correct. That's, that's not the point. The no. point is, it brought up some thoughts. There are a lot of parallels to what went on in that movie. A yeah. lot of different abstract concepts. And you know what I was thinking about? Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon comes to mind. Is Anthony Rendon a person? Or is Anthony Rendon... A hypothesis. That's what I'll I leave to. you to be the judge. Stats on deck, audience. That uh, that's but... one of those things where you <laughs> sit in the bathtub with a gla- with a glass of Pinot Grigio and yes. you just think. And we're gonna leave that with you. You you decide. You decide what Anthony. So right that's now. my infield: Freddie Freeman, Kaitel Marte, Paul DeYoung, and Anthony Rendon. Now we're gonna go to Jake. Give us the American League infield. So I'm gonna also start with catcher. I have. I guess quite possibly I'm going to get this out of the way because it's yeah. my least favorite part. Um, I have the worst decision in having to pick between Gary Sanchez and James McCann. Yep. Um, I'm going to pick McCann because he can actually do his he job defensively. Catch. Well, he catches the ball. He catches it. And he knows how to do it. And I will, out of fairness for Gary Sanchez and what his ability is to do with the bat, I'm going to put Gary Sanchez as my DH. That's fair. I'm going to put him there. That's fair. If I have JD Martinez is starting tonight and he is on the and he is in Cleveland, I wish he was on a beach in Cabo R- rehabbing, routinely getting his back massaged. I've yeah. said this on the pod before. I'm <laughs> saying it again. I want him getting hot stone massage therapy 19 hours out of the day. Yes, I don't want him playing baseball. It's but irresponsible he's to let him play. If Alex Cora played him tonight and had him have one at bat and sent his ass back to Boston, yes. I would be I would be a, as giddy as a schoolgirl. <laughs> going back to what I going back to the point on hand. Yes. Um. Working my way around the diamond, third base, I'm going to stick with Alex Bregman. Rafael Devers literally should be here. He He's should be the there. fourth best player in the American League. If, you don't, if you don't believe us, just go type on your computer, fangraphs.com. Type in Rafael uh, Devers. On, well, easier than that, go up on the top. They have these nice little category buttons. I'm doing it right now. Oh, yeah. You go to batting leaders 2019, which is the year of our Lord that we're in right now. Yep. And then you scroll down, and it's going to tell you in order who are the best players in baseball. Go and tell me who they are. And Mike Trout's the best, um, as expected. Mm -hmm. Then you get Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich. Interesting. Um, uh, You know, no complaints there. A little bit of a drop-off. You get to Keitel Marte. And then right there, you go to Alex Bregman, Xander Bogarts, and then a bunch of other people. Now, Rafael Devers is 13th in baseball. What about in the American League? In the American League, and you're going to like this one. This is after Sunday's games have been completed, by the way. Uh, Rafael Devers is 7th at 3.4, which is tied with 
Marcus Semyon, DJ LeMayhew. He is exactly .4 wins above replacement below Bregman. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, Bregman's higher. So that means he's better. And you're an idiot because he's not. Because when you're within a half a win either way, you can't make dis- you can't make point Blake arguments about who's been better. You have to look at the peripheral numbers. And when you do, if you do, I want you to go ahead and look who has a higher batting average. Oh, Rafael Devers by 60 points. Yes, 60 points. He's got seven less home runs. That's fair, okay? I'm not going to argue with that. Six more RBIs. The the uh the 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 defense for Devers has been better as well. The one the and, one and here's another oh. thing too. He's gone anywhere from th- like fourth to seventh over the past week. He's been this good all year. No question. It, so, guys are are hovering around just because of if they had a good series or not. Right so real now. quick before I finish my infield, this was on Sunday. Garen Austin tweeted this out. She's the field reporter for the Red Sox. Right. Rafael Devers was on is on a nine game hitting streak. 19 for 37, which is 514 yes. batting average. Seven doubles, four home runs, 13 RBIs, and 14 runs. He ranks among the AL leaders in average. He's second at 331. 331, you heard he, that right. He's third in the American League with 111 hits, third in runs at 68. He's third in doubles with 25. He's fourth with extra base hits, 43. He has 61 RBIs, which is sixth. And in multi-hit games, he's tied for second with 34 multi-hit games. And he's not an all-star. He's not here. He's not in Cleveland. Not only is he one of the seven best players in the American League, he's also probably the hottest hitter alive right now. And he's not there. And he's not there. I'll digress. It's Alex Bregman. I wish it wasn't. That's who it is. He's there. My starting shortstop tonight. They have, because of the fan vote, they have Jorge Polanco. Right. You're an idiot. No, it's not Jorge Polanco. Us as fans are fools because <laughs> literally the best shortstop in all of baseball in this all, year. In all of baseball. You can call me a homer. I don't care. I have the stats to back it up. In all of baseball this entire year, Xander Bogarts has been the best shortstop yes. in baseball, both defensively and offensively. Now, thank God he's there. Yes. Because I wouldn't be here on this podcast. I wouldn't be alive because right. I wouldn't want to live on the planet <laughs> anymore if they hadn't corrected this. He got in off an injury from Tommy LaStella, which is a bummer. Yeah. Because we wanted Tommy there. Yeah, we I was excited. hoping Tommy would be there. But from all this, we've got I I'm choosing Xander Bogarts as my shortstop. And you're right. I, I think I would be right. Now, out of out of fairness, and that's that's what we're gonna be here, DJ LeMayhew's having a great year in New York. He deserves to be the second baseman, yes. and he is gonna be the second baseman on this team for me. And then hometown guy, I'm gonna do it. It's not my favorite thing. I'm more of a Jose Abreu guy, mm-hmm. but because it's in Cleveland, I get the aesthetic. Carlos Santana's the first baseman. All-star game or not, he's going to make contact and he's going to get on base. That's yeah. wh- and he's going to play good a good first base. Oh, so. yeah. I don't disagree with that pick at all. So that's who I've got. I want Jose Abreu coming in with like runners on second and third and yeah. one out in the sixth. And also just the fact that it shouldn't matter, but the fact that he it is the hometown. It's nice to have him in there. Um, he's obviously very loved in Cleveland. He's going to bring a little bit of energy that you get mm-hmm. when you are the hometown guy. So I, I like that pick. Um, so Nick, what's yeah. your what's your outfield gonna so be? Before like? we get to outfield, I wanna oh. I wanna get my DH because he gave me Gary for the oh, AL. Yeah. My DH is Josh Bell, oh. and he is he is he was selected as the DH. Josh Bell, um, where's Nolan? Breakout star, and you know what? That's the problem. I'm leaving Nolan off. Woo! I'm leaving Nolan off my starting line. I love it. And you know what? If you don't like it. Send an email to statsondeckpodcast at gmail.com and interact with us. Listening or out there. Because you know what? 
I bet as a as a listener, I bet you're a better person than Ken Rosenthal because you might actually have a conversation with me. Unblock me, coward. Unblock Moving him. On. <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, <laughs> so what is your outfield looking like? My outfield, um, I'm going to actually stick with the outfield we've got here. I like it. Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger have been the two best players in the National League. They've got to be in there. And then Acuna, I picked him a month ago. I still pick him. I like the way he's been going. Second-year player, he's really taken that leap that superstars take in their, in their second year. Um I guess he's never heard of a sophomore slump. No, he doesn't know what that is. Andrew Benatendi. Right. Sorry. Coward. Hit the ball. Hit the ball. Consistently. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sticking with that outfield. I like it. I think it, it makes sense. And Bellinger and Yelich, it's just unreal what they're doing. Uh, yeah, they they need to be all. They, they are, need to be. They the are the second and third best players in baseball this year, behind you know <laughs> our our holiness, behind the the savior Mike Trout. That's going. We'll get to this a little bit later. That MVP race is going to be ridiculous it, down the stretch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um. So yeah, that's my outfield. Please tell me the American League outfield if you were selecting it. All right. So I'll just get this out of the way. I do have George Springer in right field. I know it's a big shock to everybody. He's the best outfielder in all of baseball. He's led the American League in wins above replacement mm-hmm. for the last eight years. Wait, 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 wait. Multiple wait, wait, wait. MVP. George Springer? Yeah, George Springer. No, George Springer has never... World Series champion. He has never led the American League in wins above replacement. He loves playing in Anaheim. What are you talking about? I think you're confusing him with another guy. I think I smell burned toast. <laughs> You oh, t- it's Mike you, Trout. Do you taste pennies? Yeah, oh, sorry, Mike, Mike Trout. I forgot all Trout. about him. Yeah, sorry, Mike. Yeah, Mike's my center fielder. Yeah. I know that's a big surprise. I'm that's not going to belittle this and go into why. <laughs> he's Mike fucking Trout. Yeah. So he's if, going if you, if you don't know why, then I don't think this is the right podcast for you. Right? You need to go somewhere else. Go to the Ringer MLB show. Yeah, they, there you go. They like talking about people like Pete Alonso and why Noah Syndergaard isn't the pitcher he once was. Right. Go talk right, to right. him. Hey, listen, we like talking about Polar Bear Pete, too, but... That's not the conversation <laughs> that's not, today. We're that's talking not the about point. The, the starters. So he, so Mike Trout's going to be in center field for me. I've got George Springer in right field. Now, mm-hmm. left field is kind of a toss-up for me. Yeah. I've got a couple guys that I really like. If we're just in the vacuum of one game, and these are the guys I want playing to win me a baseball game, I'm going with Mookie Betts. Yeah. Because I because of just the best possible players and who's who's going to be there. But in terms of just consistency in the outfield, I'm still going to go with Mookie Betts. Right. Mookie Betts is going to be my my left fielder. Um, you can put him in right and have um, – you can go ahead and have um, George Springer play, play in left field if you want. It doesn't really matter. But, but you Mookie, can't go wrong there because that's really just three center fielders. Right. So it's three you're center. not making a bad decision no matter what. Right. So I have Mookie in my outfield. And yeah. then, like I said, I have Gary at my DH. So of all of these pitchers, Nick mm-hmm. – like we said, injuries aren't affected right now. Mm-hmm. Sitting out isn't affected. Who uh, who do you have starting your, your yeah, national This league? is the easiest pick on the team, more so than even Mike Trout starting. This is Max Scherzer. The distance he has put between himself and the rest of the league as a pitcher this year has been staggering. And you know what? I would be doing a disservice if I didn't back that up with a little bit of a little bit of numbers, a couple numbers. I know this is a numbers podcast. We're, we're actually going to give you some real quick. Okay, so in the National League, Max Scherzer is at five and a half wins above replacement in 19 starts. 
So to be fair, that's one more start than guys like Jacob Degrom, Steven Strasburg. Uh, five point five. Five point five versus the next best, which is Degrom, Strasburg, Zach Greinke, Ryu, Brandon Woodruff, and mm-hmm. Walker Bueller are all tied at three point one. That's two, almost two and a half wins above replacement higher. That's stupid. That's a dumb thing that that happened because you can't be that much better than your opponents. The ERA is coming down. It's two point three zero. It was way higher before when he when he had bad luck. The FIP is even lower at two, which means he's still been unlucky as good as he's been. He's at nine and five on the season. Not that that matters, but it is important because he's won eight starts in a row. And if you've watched any of them, you know why. The lot he should be, you know, nineteen and zero pretty much. But uh, this is where we sit here. Um, the thing Max Scherzer has done, uh, just just really to to separate himself this year, home runs have always been an issue for him because even the great ones give up solo homers. Uh, he's cut that home run rate down, and he's just he's keeping the ball in the ballpark. And as we know, you don't get hits off of him, and you don't walk, so you're in bad shape. So Max Scherzer start for me. Weird. Who is starting for the, for the American League? So just as. As we mentioned before, Justin Verlander starting this game tonight. Not because he's been the best pitcher in the no. It's based on pedigree. Yes. And I have to I have to just say this. My manager, Alex Cora, picked him to start this game. You don't like to see that. Is it because he was his bench coach? Probably. And I don't love this. So Probably. Anyway, I, I don't need to get into the fact that Justin Verlander is 14th in the AL in, in terms of pitchers and wins above replacement. I'm not going to get into the fact no, that, David, no that David Price is three spots ahead of him and should be an all-star this year. And is not in Cleveland for I'm some reason. I'm not going to get into this. But what I am going to get into is I believe that his teammate and fire thrower Garrett Cole should be the starter tonight. I, I like that pick. And this is something this, I want my starting pitcher in the All Star game. I want him coming out the gate hot. I yeah. want him throwing hard, and I want him going toe to toe with the three best top of the line hitters right. in the National League. Started out with a bang. I don't need Justin Verlander. I got that for ten years. Sure, I've seen it. I know what it is. He's going to give up a home run in the first inning. I'm good. I want I want Garrett Cole. I want the young buck. Yeah. I want him on the mound, and I want him throwing hard. Well, because you can't have Lance Lynn in there. That's, and that's just ridiculous. No, I'm not having Lance Lynn start my All-Star <laughs> You're not game. Having I'm Lance not going to be known as the manager that started Lance Lynn in an All-Star game. Lance Lynn, who's leading the American League in wins for replacement four. with an ERA of four. He has an ERA of four and in a, in a wins above replacement of four. Now, yeah. How does that make sense? I have no idea. None of, none of Lance Lynn's numbers make sense. If you want a little mental exercise, try to figure him out. I just figured it out, actually. His his cousin, Brian Lynn, is the creator of Fangraph, so that's he, correct. he hacked the numbers. Brian, that's not fair. Brian, don't do that. <laughs> All right, so, Nick, my, yes. my before we wrap up and yeah. the MVP predictions and who wins tonight, my, my last question, you've got a one-run lead in the bottom of the ninth inning tonight. Yes. You're trying to win this game. Who is closing out this game for you tonight? This one's pretty easy for me. Um... And remember, we're not taking injuries into account here. Josh Hader. Got to be. 100%. He, he, he was replaced by uh, teammate Brandon Woodruff. And I, I agree that Woodruff has been an all-star. He's a starting pitcher for what it's worth. Um, if I couldn't pick Josh Hader, I think you get three pretty good options here. Kirby Yates from the Padres, Will Smith from mm-hmm. the Giants, and Felipe, my my guy, everyday Felipe Vasquez oh. from the Pirates, formerly known as Felipe Rivera, formerly known as everyday Felipe, <laughs> formerly known as the only good player in the Nationals bullpen a few years ago. 
how are the, how is the American League going to be expected to score runs tonight? <laughs> uh, past, but, like, but the third my, my point is, if I couldn't pick Josh Hader, I think I'm going with Will Smith from the Giants. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a Boston Red Sox <laughs> uh, within two weeks. I love it! <laughs> so, Will Smith, enjoy potentially one of your last games in a Giants uniform, or at least something like a Giants uniform. Um, who's closing it for you in the American League? you got to win. Well, if I'm trying to get three outs tonight... What it is, once again, proving my unbiasness, if that's a word. Yeah. I'm going with Aroldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. He's still got this it. He's having a great year. This proves you're not biased. And this proves I'm not biased. Because he also is close, here. He's closing this game out for me tonight. Yeah. So, Aroldis... Well, he's, he's, he's stepped up this year. I mean, let's be honest. Earlier in his career in Cincinnati, he was just a force of nature. It, he was <laughs> he was by and far the best relief pitcher in baseball. He was otherworldly. Yes. Then he went to the Cubs. He won the World Series. Then shakily. Went, went shakily. Went back to the Yankees. He's had some some ups and some downs. Uh, one of his downs is um, notably uh, best third baseman in baseball, Rafael Devers, <laughs> hit, a, hit a home run off of him. Last lefty to do uh, so, by the way. Last lefty, lefty to do so. But he has become a great pitcher again now that he doesn't throw quite as hard as he used to. And I, I commend him for that. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's got to be him tonight. So, all of this said, Nick, predictions for tonight, final score, who's sure. winning the game? Okay, I'm going to go with a 10-8 to 8 final score. Ooh, we got some I offense. I think we're getting some offense. Ooh. I like the bats that are in tonight. I think we might be seeing a, a decent amount of home runs. Um, we all know that, um, you know, some of these guys are here for the first time. Nerves are going to play into it. But I, I, I like 10-8 to 8 tonight and... I'm going to go – a guy I left out of my starting lineup, I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado as game MVP. I think he's one of those guys that steps up in moments like this when he's on a stage, uh, obviously not in the playoffs last year. But in, in an exhibition game, I think Nolan Arenado – hey, I'm trying to give you some credit here, Nolan, okay? You're, this is you proving you're not biased. <laughs> this is me proving I'm not biased. I'm giving you some credit here. So my guy's Nolan Arenado. How about you? Um, I have a couple different candidates tonight, but if I had to go with the guy, oh God, I don't want to see Sanders Bogart so badly, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to fight it. I'm going to fight it. Um, if I'm going with an all-star tonight, I think I'm going to have to go with a, an unsung guy, guy that does not get nearly enough attention until he becomes the Red Sox everyday starting second baseman in two years. Going with Whit Merrifield. Here we go. Kansas City Royal Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield. Coming out of nowhere. I didn't say Mike Trout. No, you didn't. I didn't say Alex Bregman. You said Whit Merrifield. I didn't say Mookie Betts. I said Whit Merrifield. Here we go. Whit Merrifield's going to come into this game in the fifth inning. He's going to get two at-bats, and he's going to hit a two-run ding-dong to hit to make, to make bring the AL to a 6-8 to eight victory. 8-6 eight, tonight. I don't eight, think we're six. also going to get some offense. Whit mm-hmm. Merrifield's going to have the go-ahead two-run home run tonight. You can book that. If you had to pick... Of guys you think will pitch in this game? Yes. Just out of curiosity, of guys you think will pitch in this game, either league, who's the most likely to put a scoreless inning up? Scoreless inning? A scoreless inning. He, you can give up a hit or, or whatever, but put a zero on the board, who's doing it? Um, I've got a couple different candidates for zero. I think you're going to get a zero spot from Walker Bueller tonight mm-hmm. from the Dodgers. I like that pick. Um, I think... I think you get Will Smith coming in. Yeah, he'll probably get a one, two, three inning. Well, this is this is his World Series unless he gets traded to like an actually good team. Right. This is the first time, so I I, I like that pick as well. And then from the American League, guys that I think are going to come in and really pitch well. Um, I like the idea of actually Charlie Morton coming in and getting one, two, three. 
Oh, oh Morton got replaced though. He Excuse still me. could. He could still do it. Well, maybe he could still do it. Um, <laughs> we'll change that. I think if Araldus Chapman does get to the mound with a lead, I think he'll come in and shut it down. Yeah, and give me three there, and then I'd also. Little surprising big guy that you know pretty well. I think Lucas Giolito comes in and oh, gets God. a little one, two, three shot out of it. I scouted Lucas Giolito in yeah, the minor literally. leagues. I know he's capable of it. I'll throw one more name into the mix Please. here. Um, hometown guy, Brad Hand. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. He hasn't been in Cleveland for long, but ever since he's been there, he's been great. And I think I think if, if you're Alex Cora managing this game... You kind of have to go to him as your closer if you have a lead, Ooh. just because like he already said, Araldis is if he has the lead in the ninth, he's going to Araldis. I guess you could bring him in in the eighth or whatever you want to do, but I I like Brad Hand in front of the home fans showing up, so that's my guy. So real quick, Alex Cora has already said he obviously he's going with Verlander, and then he's gonna have Masahiro Tanaka pitch the second inning for him. Right, that's stupid. Why don't we have him pitch eight innings and completely wear out his arm? <laughs> And that's next level thing. Now hold on a second. I've got I've got a thought process here. Alex Cora, have a little gamesmanship. Yeah. Alex Cora, play some chess while everybody else is playing checkers. That's what he was doing last year. So here's what I'm thinking. Gary Sanchez catches the entire game. Yeah. Hopefully it goes to you know nineteen extra. extra innings, right? You've got you basically have um, Tanaka pitch eight innings and then have Chapman pitch five. I think you also got to get Mookie Betts in a room with DJ LeMahieu and do a little psychological warfare. Yep. Like in the batting cage, Mookie's like, hey, change this about your swing. This will help you. I like that. JD Martinez, you know, the guru of, of yeah. videoing his batting stance. He, he gets in there with he gets in there with Sanchez. He gets in there with LeMahieu, Torres. He's like, hey guys, maybe if you just turn your hand over just a yeah. little bit like that. He's like, you guys are batting from the wrong side. Next thing you know, that nine that those nine <laughs> games just start to evaporate. They disappear quick after that. So that's that's what I've got tonight. Alex Cora, let's let's the All Star game doesn't have to be meaningless. No, you can make it. it you can, can make, make it matter. You can make it matter. Uh, yeah, I think I think we should be in for a good one. By the time this goes up, we'll know the the final score, which will be ten to eight, and. Uh, <laughs> um, Whit Merrifield will be the MVP. <laughs> Whit Merrifield will be in Boston by the end of the day. Oh. <laughs> I, now listen, I got a well. Actually, we both got a good chance to see Whit over this past uh, weekend. We did Kansas City playing the Nationals. Uh, Whit Merrifield's a real player. <laughs> Guy's a gamer, and <laughs> he guy, plays every position. If he was on those Royals teams that were contending for the World Series, I think he'd be the best of the bunch. He was supposed to get called up the year that they won the World Series in fifteen. I, I think, and he got. And so this is actually yeah. a crazy story. Whit Merrifield was supposed to make the team. He got called up because of an injury. Right, and. He gets called up, it, he gets the phone call, gets walked into his AAA manager's office. They tell him, hey, pack your bags, you're going to Kansas City, where he would have likely stayed. Yes. And then they made the decision to switch it to a relief pitcher, and they brought up another guy. Yeah. And Witt stayed down for the rest of the year and then got called up in 2016. So he missed his World Series. That is, is possibly that, the saddest thing I've heard. Is that the worst thing you've ever heard? Whit Merrifield needs to go to a winner. Well, guess what? He's getting some payback tonight. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to hold the trophy, and he's getting the Ford F-150. Listen, we don't want Ned Yost to be discredited or disappointed. Yost or, ball! Or even... We don't want to. You know, we don't want to say anything bad, bad about mouth him. the man. I don't want to bad mouth a Ned Yost, a champion, a genius. But um, yeah, you might want to get rid of Wit. Wit, like, send him somewhere. You know he can win. Wit, do you like DC? <laughs> Wit, if you if you liked it in DC this last weekend, we'll be happy to take you. You can stay. You can take Anthony we'll, Rendon. Cut. We'll send <laughs> we'll send Brian Dozier's ass to Kansas City. <laughs> you can have both Dozier's. <laughs> 
We can have, we can have the Dozier brothers. We'll take Wit. That would be funny. You can do some promotional things. Like, just take, just take Brian. Uh, so I think that's all we're going to talk about today. Um, gave you a little NBA action. Paul George, Kawhi, running the league like Game of Thrones. In, <laughs> little finger. Little fingering it up in, in Clipperland. I keep wanting to say San Diego. I feel like that's where they're supposed to play. Yeah. That's naturally where they should be playing. They should be playing. They used to be there for like six years. Uh, bring that back. Uh, Russell Westbrook, keep an eye out for Jake's article about where he should go. Spoiler alert, it's Miami. It's, it's Miami. It's, spoiler alert. I want him to go to Miami. It's, he's going to Miami. If, My we, whole if, thing. We, if we can control the news, he's going to Miami. <laughs> I'm putting it, I'm putting uh, it out into the universe. Then uh, little little minor stuff here or there. And the All-Star game, which we're going to watch and we're going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys for listening to Stats on Deck. This was our lucky number 13th episode. Here we go. And uh, you can find us at statsondeck.com. That's where all of our written content go. Uh, podcasts go up there as well. We update that usually at least once every couple of days. Um, you can find me. You can find Stats on Deck at Stats on Deck Pod on Twitter. We put out some content there when we can. Uh, you can find me at Nick Laporte on Twitter with a zero instead of an O. You can find Jake, as as he would say, at... State Farm with fours instead of A's. Correct. And the final thing we got to say is boom. Yo, Spa!